0: You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to The Five of My Life with me, Nigel Marsh. As an author, ad man and theologian, I've always been interested in people's stories. Not just those with a high profile, but people from all walks of life, regardless of fame. Which is why I created this show. Each guest who takes the Five of My Life challenge chooses a favourite film, book, song, place and possession. They tell me their choices in advance so I can research them, but they don't tell me why they've chosen them. That's the subject of our conversation. It's amazing what you can learn when discussing someone's five choices. I hope you enjoy listening to the show as much as I enjoy making it. Zara Seidler is the co-founder of the astonishingly successful The Daily Oz, a social-first news service that engages over a quarter of a million young Australians every day. Perhaps even more astonishing is the fact that she has achieved this category-busting success at the tender age of just 25, our youngest guest to date. It was a joy hearing her take the Five of My Life Challenge. This is going to test the format so we, we have had, the, the oldest person is 88, uh, and yep. you are, without a shadow of a doubt, the youngest. So what you're, you're, you're 12, is it? You're 12, how old are you? Yes, I'm, yeah, yeah. No,
1: actually recently 13. So <laughs> no, You're yes. 24? 25.
0: 25, sorry. Sorry, welcome to a five of a third of your life. It
1: has a ring to it. <laughs>
0: this is a testing episode, because if this works, it means I can get on other younger
1: people. We're putting up a whole new category you, of people. You're, you're going
0: to explode the podcast success. And, and and seriously, maybe we talk about some of people's sort of aspirations as they mm. look forward to their life. Rather, mm. no, so with all that being said, we are going to start with your uh, film, as we always mm-hmm. do. And I imagine this is going to happen throughout this interview, where I am going to say, uh, I am the numbnut here who... <laughs> doesn't like harry potter films and, and my children uh, who all love the daily oz by the way uh, might go oh you got zara on right uh, is uh that the, you have chosen the third film harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban and for you know for the love of god i had to watch the bloody thing and and it over, over my head but this is not about me it's about you so please tell me Why you've chosen Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban on Five of My Life.
1: Hilarious. Uh, Well, look, I think that firstly, you have rightly pointed out that I am in a unique position that I, I can't be reflecting as much as just thinking about things that bring me joy or things that remind me of good times in my life. And so this one I chose because it reminds me of a really specific memory and it's something that happens year on year. Um, and it's this Jewish holiday called Yom Kippur where you can't eat for 25 hours and you're basically stuck at home just thinking about your own hunger. And every year, the thing I do to get me through that is watch Harry Potter. Uh, and so it's become this constant. I'm 25 and you start this fasting uh, when you become of age, so when I was 12 and It just gets me through and it transports me to another world and the books did the same thing for me and it just it it reminds me of this day of reflection that I get every year that is a really nice way to just break up the monotony and pace of everything else that happens in life and I just I just love it and it reminds me of that day.
0: Fantastic and and when is Yon Kapoor excuse my ignorance?
1: So it's usually between September and October Uh, so it's kind of at that really big point in the year where you can feel Christmas coming but it's not necessarily enough and you feel the weight of the year that's already come and so it's that kind of halfway point and it just it rejuvenates you for the rest of the year
0: it's to celebrate is it the Yonkapur war what am i god i'm so no so
1: so it's not to celebrate anything it's actually quite shitty upon reflection because you're just hungry the whole day but it's meant to be a day of reflection so you're meant to be thinking about your kind of actions and what your year has looked like and how you've treated others i mean I don't do any of that i just watch tv and hope for the best but it is meant to be this kind of stopping point where everything is stripped away and you go back to the basics and kind of bare necessities of life um and you're surrounded by family and you're surrounded by your loved ones and um you just kind of think and reflect and for me i i watch harry potter and it just brings me this a joy and I just love it and I loved it as a kid and still to this day it's something very special to me
0: but it sounds uh, I mean forget the film what a great thing to be suggested that you do every year one of my favorite quotes is pause for a moment you wretched weakling and take stock of your miserable <laughs> existence and and exactly. more people so so that wow I, I never knew that was part of the the jewish religion and on top Ooh. of that it's a weight loss sensation
1: i know I, I look i do like my food and so you kind of have to fight this thing where you're like i know this is meant to be meaningful but i'm deeply hungry and i'd love to eat right now so once you battle and you have that you know sort of turmoil resolved that it is it is quite a nice thing to have and it kind of just passes you by but when you think about the days of the year that matter to you that's one of them
0: oh, i love it i love it on the not eating for a yeah. whole day is is on those occasions where as i get older i've got to go into hospital because i'm you know falling apart and, and they say you can't eat for, you know, 24 hours. You think, how on earth am I going to do that? But you actually do break through a wall. Because, you you, just do it. because you, you're not, you're genuinely not allowed to crack into the Tim Tams. You get to two o'clock and you think, I'm oh, no, actually not hungry. I haven't had breakfast or lunch. How, how on earth? Now, because normally I never get to that stage. Little bit peckish, no, stuff your face with toast and Tim Tams. But you go, I- I've broken through the whatever it is, the five hour rule or something.
1: It's so fascinating because I think it does it does bring something up about mental resilience. I, I for one, think that I, I I might lack in some areas some of that sort of resilience that, that's just like if I'm hungry or I'm angry or whatever, you know, there's just no coming back from it. Um, and so you really have to fight through it. And I do think that it's a good exercise regardless of what it is it applies to. And, I mean, in the last year um, I watched this young amazing amazing inspiration ned brockman i don't know if you've heard of him but he uh is about my age and ran from perth to sydney yeah um and watching that you, you know it's that same resilience obviously about tenfold uh, but it is just a fascinating exploration of the mind
0: well listen we're doing all right we've done the first choice and we've coped with you being under 30 Fantastic. Look, there's
1: still a lot of scope to go downhill, so <laughs> we'll see how we go.
0: The second choice on Five In My Life is always the book, uh, and you've chosen A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara.
1: There's not a story about this one as much as I have never felt so impacted by a book in my life. I don't know if, if your listeners have, have read this one, but it tears you apart. it it does so through its exploration of mental health and um, ill mental health specifically is something that is very dominant in my life and in my family's life. Um, And so reading this book and having somebody else's words kind of um, tell the stories that you really don't read about um, without sanitation. I feel like oftentimes there's the sanitised version and this just tears you apart and I remember just sitting down and reading it one day and I I do struggle to fit in reading with my schedule I feel like because I read so much for my job by the time I get home I don't want to read anymore and I remember I just read this all night and the following day and it just is the most stunning book it will tear you apart though and it, you need to be in a good place to read this book because it is not a chilled one that's for sure.
0: It's a really interesting choice and, and I, I've I mean, I've a couple of questions I'd like, love to ask you. But I mean, I've got mm. a, con- I've got a confession. Uh, is is I, I thought it was a, you know, an incredible book, um, but I have this awful thing that happened, it, 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 and I don't know if this is self-protection or because of mm. my, my personal circumstances. But not halfway through, but about three quarters of the way through, and and don't don't hate me, Zara. I stopped caring.
1: Fair enough.
0: So, so my bucket of, and and I, and I don't think I would have if it if it was if it was a documentary but because it's you know mm. i know it's it's made up you go i, mm. I i've sort of had enough I, i'd like this to end nicely you know where is the bit where you know he gets it together and blah blah you know i can't be coping with any more and it didn't come. so, so it, it's it's a novel so i am choosing i mean I, I finished the bloody thing but i'm choosing to tap out right it, emotionally So whatever. Have you
1: had that with other books of this sort of nature?
0: So what a brilliant question. God, I'm loving chatting to you. There's a book called We Really Need to Talk About Kevin. No, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh. And and so that that book, so that is my A Little Life where Mm. I hated it. But it's the mm. it's the most impactful book I've ever read. Did yeah. you
1: have children when you read yeah. that book?
0: Yeah yeah, 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 So I've I've got yeah. I, I, you haven't got kiddies, have you? No,
1: no, it made me literally never want children. <laughs> <to
0: that book. laughs> Trust me, it's the best thing ever. I've so anyway, but I, I read that and, and was sort of traumatized, and it, mm. uh, no book has ever had more of an impact. And 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 Lionel Shriver, the writer, there's there's something where, I mean, it's made up, but obviously based sort of on the Columbine vibe. Like mm. it, you you go. I've just horrified and gripped and appalled and sort of put it down and stared into space for half an hour. Blah blah blah. And and so I think you know I think the little life. What an incredible uh, feat that that, that that Hanya you know did to pull that yeah. off. And write in the male the male. That's mind. what I wanted to say. Yeah. The fact
1: that it is it, it is written by a woman, but all of the characters are men. And and my brother actually. Um, He's a psychologist and he specialises in men's mental health and help-seeking and how that interacts with kind of masculinity and all of that. And we've had long discussions about the fact that it is quite a feat for a woman to have embodied that male voice and the complexities of it in the way that she has. It's just astonishing.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And and let's not go into any gender appropriation bollocks, is you're allowed to do that as a creative writer. You haven't got to be a man to write as a man. You haven't got to be a woman to write as a woman. So the the question I wanted to ask is Mm. uh, just something that I wrote down when you were chatting about because of the uh, ill mental health in your Mm. family. Would you mind chatting about
1: that? I would, and I'll also do a plug because my brother has written a book about it.
0: Ah, well, please um, do plug away, right.
1: (laughs) So my brother's written a book called It's a Shame About Ray. Um, and that is based on my father, Ray, um, who took his own life a decade ago, nearly a decade ago, um, and was a prominent doctor, uh, an addiction specialist, and just the best person ever. And so John, my brother's book, is about the way that mental health has kind of dripped down the generations that he himself suffers from the same afflictions my grandfather did and then obviously my dad did um but also how we are united in that way and how how beautiful it is to all be connected um so if you want to read that book that's a it's a great book to read and he he brings in music and love and life and describes the eastern suburbs of sydney in a way that offends some and makes other people joyous and it's just phenomenal
0: well no no we should definitely i mean there's a lovely five in my life community where we all swap films and books so to give us the name of the book again i can
1: it's a shame about ray
0: it's a shame about ray okay thank you thank you so much and has, has the it's like um good looks skipped a generation when it came to me in the marsh family is is have you have you dodged the i shouldn't be laughing about this but have have you dodged the mental ill health bullet it appears so right
1: no it appears so um but i am 25 so i've got a whole life still left to uh, figure that out but no it seems like i have but obviously the effects of of trauma at the age of 16 have had an imprint on my life but I was actually reflecting on it the other day and it's done so in a way that has just made me grateful for the life that I do lead and the family that I do have so um out of all that trauma comes a lot of good stuff too
0: yeah and and sometimes uh sometimes I feel guilty about being happy Hmm. And, and I understand that that's not possible for many people and all those things. And, yeah. and, and then you look around the world and you, you go, you, you know, I could be in some war-torn hellhole where, where you're being bombed every day and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, wow, what an interesting topic where it, where it doesn't help other people to be miserable because they are. But that doesn't mean no. rub your happiness in their face. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line. I, I don't know. No,
1: I think I think it, it comes down to, to gratefulness. If you acknowledge the fact that you do have this joy that other people can't or don't experience, and you can be grateful for that, then I think that's all there is to it.
0: We're going to uh, the third choice on Five of My Life. Now, listen, I have to. You've done a plug, so I'm going to do a plug, right? And this is Love not it. this is not for um, the lovely community that listen. This is for you specifically. Okay. <laughs> okay. Better write it down. So, the Five of My Life podcast song choice mm-hmm. is on Spotify. It is a sensation because the algorithms will never give it to you because mm. they'd have to guess Zara's choice. Mm. and
1: Anthony Albanese's choice well you might like completely different things well actually funny you say that because Anthony Albanese uploaded his ISO Spotify playlist yesterday and I was like I like your music yeah yeah he, I like what you've chosen yeah he
0: was he was great joy, joy division <laughs> and and you get a total variety from from electronic choir to to heavy metal every song gets on the five my life playlist And you have chosen the third and final single from Gang of You's debut studio album, The Positions, and it's Magnolia. I suspect there's a mental health link there as
1: well. There actually is it. <laughs> oh, okay, great, great. <laughs> uh, which is shocking given what the subject matter is. Um, so the song is a um, a piece that is actually written by Dave Pepe, the lead singer, about his experience um, surviving a suicide attempt. But when I first heard this song, I had no idea what it was about, and I had no idea what I was going into. So I was living in Washington, D.C. I was on exchange for university, and uh, I was studying politics at Georgetown University. And I got to Washington, D.C. I know you said we weren't going to be talking about Trump, but here we are. I got there the weekend of Donald Trump's inauguration, and so that was kind of my first touch point with D.C. So I attended that inauguration, and then i uh the day after went to a women's march and that was of course that that massive million person attended women's march and then the following weekend i was like well what do i do now all the excitement is gone um and so i traveled to new york and my brother david i've got three brothers and my brother david was living there at the time he's since become a digital nomad so he's not there anymore but um he was like, I want to take you to a gig. And I was like, mm, I don't know. He named some band, Gang of Youths, that I'd never heard of, wasn't particularly interested. It was freezing at the time. He he said, you know what, just trust me. So we go to this absolute dive bar in the middle of Brooklyn, I believe it was, and there are about 30 people there and this band, Gang of Youths, come on stage. And it just... I don't know how to explain what it did to me, but they have since been my favourite band. I have seen them at least six times, most recently at a stadium, packed, and I just think about the fact that the first time I saw them was in this intimate, tiny, freezing cold um, Brooklyn bar and the, the lead singer is... He's just phenomenal because he is obviously somebody that is deeply intelligent and thoughtful and complex and so his lyrics reflect that and they're really, they are like a riddle to read and with the most sophisticated vocabulary that you sometimes don't understand. But then he gets on stage and he kind of mixes femininity and masculinity and he's like gyrating his hips and it's just absurd. He's an absurd person to watch. But it's just gripping. You like can't look away and so... When I hear that song, it takes me back to being in New York with my brother the weekend after Donald Trump's inauguration, wondering what the world looks like, but knowing that Gang of Views will make it all okay. And they've been my favorite band since that day.
0: It's it's wonderful hearing you uh, talk about it, Zara. It's David Pocock chose them on five my life as well and, i saw david
1: procock most recently at a gang of concert. ah well
0: there you go and, and so because again it's this sort of i love this it explodes my world in terms of all these things i've never heard of so i go off and i, I read the books and listen to the songs and watch the films and, and so uh, I, I told my son Alex that David Pocock had chosen to say yes to life, and, and you know, never heard of never heard of David Pocock. Cause I'm a rugby fan, mm. but um, you know, never heard of the band. Blah blah blah. And he went, "Oh my God, Dad, you've got to listen!" And he did this thing. Him, he said, "You've got to listen to the album in it, the order, and this particular song, yeah. David's song, is the last one." And I and I almost had the experience that you're talking about. I'm going, "How?" And that bloke you know david leo Pape. you go you're not allowed to be that handsome and that talented i know you, 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 you've got to be insult. stupid or I nasty know. give me something to cling to you can't we need just,
1: something
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's horrible to his mother or something anyway, so something uh, uh, <laughs> now you mentioned trump um so we're not we're, we're evergreen on this show but uh yes. given that you're you're only 13 uh, i need to ask you about your because because you're um, I, honestly you work so bloody hard how i mean i do this I'm going to release one of these every two weeks until I die and hand over to my Love son it. or my daughter. Uh, but you do like one a ad- day. I don't know how you do it, but you are politically engaged in a way that makes me ashamed because I <laughs> couldn't give a. I mean, I couldn't give a, a tuppence. Right? I, I just my mind goes to custard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but you're all over it like a bad suit. Um, tell me, what are your, uh, if any? Political aspirations? Are we? Am I looking at the future, the next Julia Gillard in ten years' time, twenty years' time, or, or are you? You're as happy being on the sidelines, commentating, blah blah blah.
1: For me, my uh love affair with politics is the way that I feel when I can engage other people in politics, and so the job that I get to do now, which is to run a very small independent media company that engages hundreds of thousands of young Aussies in the news and in current affairs and politics, to me, that is the most satisfying thing of all because I'm I'm not being wrestled in either direction. Um, I get to be straight down the line, but I get to show people why you should care and why it's important. And so for me, I'm happy like this. It, it's the most satisfying job in the world.
0: Uh, well, so here we go. I reckon you've just totally dodged that question.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a true politician.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to blow some smoke your way. Um, because I've been following the Daily Oz, uh, which I, you know, to my embarrassment, I hadn't heard of before. Uh, And you do a remarkable thing. I've spent, you know, 35 years, longer than you've been alive, in a career (laughs) trying to make the complex simple. And all that thing about Winston Churchill, you know, sorry, I didn't have the time to write a short letter, so here's a long one. (laughs) For you to uh, make the news bite-size, not in a moronically tabloid way is a gift. That's a real, real gift. So when I get I appreciate that. Well no it is. I mean and and it to me to get An email that says, only got a minute, bang, here's the world news. You think, well, I'm sort of predisposed to think that what I'm about to get will be moronically oversimplified. But it's really instructive and informative. And if your objective is to get people engaged in things who have got short attention spans and blah, 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 well, bloody hell, it's working. That's a really, really valuable thing to do for society because that's how we run the world and make the world better. Exactly. So this is a... Round the houses, backhanded compliment to say you're very, very clever and well done, and thank you for what you do. But then it leads me want to talk about one of my hobby horses: is you must work stupidly hard.
1: I'm trying to do this thing where I'm trying to stop glorifying hard work because, so in my previous life, I worked in government relations, lobbying style thing. And there was just this real glorification of just stupid hours. And now I'm trying to move away from that. Do I work stupid hours? Yes, but it's also my own thing. I choose to do so and I am surrounded by an amazing team. I'm, I'm really lucky that we have grown this not just to be Sam, my best friend and I, but we've got 13 people now working with us. And so to have that means that I know when I want to check out, I can, because the news can be a lot. Um, And so it is hard work, but it's worth it. And the the satisfaction and the fulfilment I get from it makes it all worth it.
0: Oh, good on you. Listen, we're moving to your fourth choice. Your place on Five My Life is Shoal Bay. One of my happiness memories ever is I ran up a thing called Tomaray Head. There you go. Holy crap. So Shoal Bay is unbelievably beautiful, next to a nudist beach, Samurai Beach, which between you and I partial to a nudist beach, you go, it's it's a slice of heaven. But anyway, it's it's not my five, it's your five. Tell me why you've chosen the heavenly Shoal Bay.
1: I mean, it's in the name, the heavenly Shoal Bay. For me, this one um, also comes back to my family. So you can see that they're featuring quite prominently in my very limited reflections of life. Um, but we always, as a family, my mum's kind of priority or like list of what was important to her was our well being, <laughs> traveling, anything else. And so I was so lucky to travel extensively as a child. And we went on the most superb, exotic, you know, went to India for six weeks, then we went to Egypt, then we went here. And yet every Christmas we went to Shoal Bay. And that was the favourite holiday by an absolute mile. And it just, it's that quintessential by the beach, Australian, you know, barbecue filled nights. And it it just brings back the fondest memories. We went with two other families um, and I grew up with that family. And I feel like we almost marked our kind of progressive age through that holiday. Um, And it was just the best. There was nothing complicated about it. There was nothing challenging about it. We just went to the beach every day. I read, reading was always a really important part of our family holidays. We used to, you know, bring luggage just for the books. And so that was all it was. And it just, it was the simplicity that really brought it home for me. And when I think of my best places, it is that, and I haven't been in many many years, um, but I hope to one day take my family back there and to recreate those sorts of memories that I have.
0: I, I totally resonate with with your choice and your reasons behind it. Is it, those, those gorgeous memory? You know, when when one is on one's deathbed, it probably isn't going to be that complex, amazing strategic point no. you made that helped you know the deputy prime minister you know get a vote through parliament. It will be that amazing Christmas Eve where you were having snags on Shoal Bay or whatever. I, I, I've written a book, I've, I've written a number of books, but about different life stages, one of 40, 50 and 60. And in my latest one, I talk about the first, second and third trimester. I would suggest you are at the start of your second trimester. I mean, we've, we've all got to you know learn to walk and feed ourselves and go to the loo and go to school and uni and blah, 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 and then have a starter job and all those wonderful things. And then you have your second trimester, thank Christ, mine is over, where you're facing... <laughs> Good luck to you. you. You know, earning a living, building a career, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. uh, I'd love to ask you, I mean, it's a difficult question, but what are your sort of hopes and aspirations? Because you just mentioned I'd like to take my family to bay hmm. As you look forward for your second and third, do you, I mean, you can make it up, but do you see yourself with, you know, 15 children, no children, living in a commune? H- how do you think now? And then you can listen back to it when you're 80 and think, how foolish was I?
1: Hey. well i'm gonna answer that in two ways which is for some reason yom kippur is featuring very heavily in this in the 10 days between the jewish new year and yom kippur i I signed up for this thing it must have been in 2010 or 2011 where it emails me questions reflecting on the year that was and so it asks you, you know what was the highlight of your year what was the low light of your year what did you learn what are your hopes all of that sort of thing and i've been doing it every single year and then I get to read back and it goes in a vault and you can't open it between any time outside of those 10 days. Which is great what a fantastic thing yeah but it, it just when you ask that it made me think about the fact that really you never have any idea and that your guesses for the year prior it just, it's always wrong and I, I in a, you know two years ago I could have never guessed that I'd be running my own business and that I'd have a partner from Melbourne who now lives in Sydney, and that um, you know, my family was in the position. That, none of that. Um, so I'll take I'll take a guess <laughs> as to what I hope, which is that in in a professional sense, I would hope that what I am doing continues to grow, and that that it means something, uh, and that it, it does shift the dial in some way on on kind of the. The expectations or the stereotypes that exist around young people and their their sort of political engagement or perceived complacency, uh, and then personally, who knows? I, I've been with my partner for five years, um, and maybe we'll live somewhere else. Maybe we'll you know go experiment in the US, see what happens, but. I'm just happy now, and everything just feels good, and it's nice to feel good now, and not to know what comes next, and kind of just see what happens.
0: And, and do you want to be a granny any of these days, or, or is that just not?
1: I'm a new, I'm a new auntie, and I must say, it is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. She, it's becoming like personality defining. Like I, all I do is talk about her, um, but she is so. You'd, I, I plugged my brother's book. It's a Shame About Ray, which was based on my dad, Ray, and she. her name is Ray, uh, and she is just the most beautiful, gorgeous, hairy little thing, um, and it's a full circle, and she's the love of my life, um, but I thoroughly enjoy giving her back when she gets annoying, and I will continue to do that for a very long time.
0: <laughs> Fair answer. Okay, we're coming to the, uh, the last choice on Five of My Life, which is uh, always the Possessions. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I love my listeners' answers to all the choices, but this this has a tendency to be my favourite one. Uh, you have chosen, and, and given what you have said about your dear dad, um, I, I can imagine uh, uh, potentially why one's chosen it, but uh, it's an album of your father's newspaper clippings. Would you mind telling us about that on Five of My Life?
1: Yeah, so um, my dad... <laughs> I just laughed because for so long I couldn't figure out why I was so opinionated and it just like I I kind of got past like that school age and just became ragingly opinionated. Like I fought with everyone about everything and I was once speaking to my mum about why it was that I for some reason just couldn't keep my mouth shut and she just said, your father's daughter. It's just plain as day. Um, and so she got out what she had been compiling for maybe the two decades prior, which was this literal album where she was cutting out. My dad used to write um, opinion pieces to whoever would take them. And, you know, whether it was the Sydney Morning Herald or the Medical Observer, he was a doctor. Um, and it was just about Everything, things he was absolutely not in a position to be commenting on, things that he just felt angry about and wrote to the paper. And it just, to me, when I saw that, it it made everything make sense to me about why I am who I am today and why my family is known for their just very strong opinions on absolutely everything. And I also think that it showed something about my mum and the way that she... Um, wanted to protect that that but also to celebrate him and celebrate that and she is just the best person ever but she is also very meticulous and very organised and so the the idea of this little book with like perfectly cut out and stickied on um, pieces of paper from different newspapers, just it just reminds me of both of them in the best way Um, and it also reminds me that I'm not this outlier in my family, that I'm an extension of the many obtuse opinions of my father. And um, and I just kind of like it for that reason.
0: You haven't hopefully inherited the depression but you have inherited the 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 opinions
1: and the thoughtfulness and the monobrow yeah yeah and and (laughs) a lot of hair which tends to work better on a man than it does on a woman but there you go
0: nothing wrong with with a monobrow who's the lady Uh, i don't know cara somebody deravine hasn't she got a monobrow
1: look she she did separate them um she was she was a very important figure in my teenagehood (laughs) because she made me feel like i could have bushy eyebrows (laughs) she Um, legitimized the mono she did Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, we are coming to the last traditional question that I foreshadowed at the at the start mm. with the story about Charles. Uh, but before we get to that, um, what's the kindest thing that anyone's done to you or for you?
1: Oh, wow. I think that the kindest thing that anyone has ever done would be the support that I had during a very tough time in life not wavering and that my friend I have been friends with the same group of girls since I was three years old Uh, and they have remained consistent and they have remained so bloody wonderful Um, and I'm really lucky to have them and I think just their kindness makes me want to be better as well Uh, so it would be just the ongoing support from the girls in my life
0: well, I hope they listen to, to to this to hear you say those, those lovely things about them. Um, the last question is, who would you like to hear on Five My Life next?
1: And what? Oh, we're bringing down the age a lot here. <laughs> oh my God. They, they have to be able to, <laughs> to, to speak. have speak. You can't yeah.
0: choose your niece. How old no, your niece?
1: No. She's eight months. She <laughs> will yell and vomit on you. Um, no, mine is this spectacular woman who I met about, eight months ago. Her name is Hannah Divney. Um, Hannah lives her life in a wheelchair and she was most recently the first disabled actor on Australian television in a sex scene. Uh, she is the editor of a uh, media publication and she is an activist who has taken on Lizzo and Beyonce um, about ableist language. And I truly don't think, I feel like Inspiration kind of feels like a contrived term. She inspires me in ways I could have never imagined. Uh she the zest for life that she has, despite um everything that she has to deal with, and her intellect and her wit and her humour. I would love to hear her reflections on her life. And I know that she's writing a book where she's doing those very things, but to hear it said aloud, um, I think would be very special for your listeners.
0: That, that's a sensational nomination, and, and as you know, we, we try, we follow up every single person. It doesn't mean we get them, because why would Obama come on? Although we're, we're, <laughs> we're actually mildly hopeful because i know someone who's coming are. to
1: australia he, no, he, no he
0: is and 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 i know someone whose kids went to college with his kids so so the request oh, has gone in I, I imagine it's not at the top of his to-do list but anyway ah, ah, that that's a really thank you that, that that's what this show is supposed to be about is i get people i, I wouldn't naturally have thought of hannah mm. but but now i will contact her so so thank you very much. um zara It's been an absolute joy for me, and I know the people listening to this, to listen to you share your five on The Five of My Life. So thank you so much. And and well done and congratulations and good luck on all the wonderful stuff that you do.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you follow Five of My Life, you might enjoy my latest book, Smart, Stupid and 60. In it, I write about a number of the issues discussed on the show. It's the 20-year follow-on from my first book, Fat, 40 and Fired. If you have any feedback on the book or suggestions for the show, please get in touch via my website, nigelmarsh.com.